Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One writer. One artist. One weekly discussion of comics, nerd, and culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. That was like the no-nonsense, matter-of-fact introduction that we've never done before. Mmm... I'm, it's always always I, been very playful. I think we're I think we do everything on accident, and that was no exception. I guess so. But handsome, how are you guys doing out there? We're back in back on our our regular schedule after our little vacation. Mm-hmm. Back back uh, recording on a on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Lazing on a Sunday afternoon. My headphones are bothering me, so that's good. That that does sound good. Yeah, it's well, really funny. Yeah, so I can actually like to be able to hear you. So there we go. Okay. Um, nice. Got got a lot of comic books to talk about. Crazy, crazy, right? Comic books mm-hmm. for a change. For a change, we're gonna talk about comic books. I know you guys are tired of us not talking about comic books. Yep. Yep. So you ready to talk about comic books? There. Let's totally do it. Totally. Time for the weekly floppies. Weekly floppies. This is part of the show. Eric and I talk about comic books, about this week's comic books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, We're smart fellows. You should listen to us, right? Right, Eric? Well, yeah. You're, yes. (laughs) You are. uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounded smart, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, that was like Jeff Goldblum smart, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ellipsis in your yes. You're like, yeah. Mm, uh, Mm. Chaos Mm, theory. Chaos. Everyone's joining the email party. <laughs> this, our first book of the week, is our indie book of the week. It is Arcadia, number two. Written by Alex Packnadel, illustrated by Eric Scott Pfeiffer, letters by Colin Bell. We had read the first issue. Uh, I, we were positive, positive on number one. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, is this one? Where, where is this one? Is this changed your opinion at all, Mr. Goodnight? Not in a negative way. I, I, I think that there are parts of it that are weaker than others, but by and large, I'm coming away more intrigued. Like it's, it's bringing up the right questions and without, with maybe a couple of small exceptions, it's very smartly written and it's, it's, it's interesting more, interesting me more and more. So I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this book. You liked it more than one? Hmm. That I I want to say no, just offhand because I really liked that reveal at the end. But it definitely does its job in that it gets me wanting to read number three. You so sa- I, 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 go I, ahead. I only ask that because you sound more positive on on two than one. See, it is it is weird because I I'm more positive on the story, but this this single issue, I think mostly that I think the art is not as strong as in book one. And that's coloring my experience a little bit. Okay. But th- as a whole package and the way the story's pushing forward, it's shaping up in a really great way. This uh, 
this is going to be a really excellent comic book. It's it's very smart. It's very clever. It's very interesting. There's there's maybe a few little weird things in it that I have problems with, but by and large, it's very sound, very smartly written. I think on the whole, I I agree with you. I I, I and I do think I don't. I do like where it's going. I like the questions it raises about the cult, like the cultural and societal like issues mm-hmm. with like a society that is split into meat and virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't. I'm not as excited at the like at after this one than I was at the first one. Correct. But I, I don't. I don't know. I, I I still think it's very interesting, and I do like it. Um. I don't know. I can't. It's hard to pinpoint what exactly is the the like you mentioned a little weird things here and there, and I and I do agree with you. It's just very hard to pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's very like little. It's very nitpicky. Any criticisms I have, though, it, it it. I like how it looks by and large. I like the the writing you said is it, it is very smart. It is very. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hold your hand, uh, and that's a good thing in my book. At least in this in this book. Like sometimes I think some certain books probably would do better with some hand holding, but this one I don't. I I think it's fine not doing that. Well, I, I don't think that it's uh, when I think about injection. Injection doesn't hold your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't know. Ellis is being very confident in what he's showing us. This is this I feel like is just showing and not telling. Mm-hmm. And I I get that. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little bit lost, but I'm coming back for more when I think of uh, Injection. This I'm following relatively well. But I, I, I think that you could, they're of a kind. So I don't think, I think you're, 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 point, you're spot on, but it's a little bit more accessible into what's going on. There's just tons of stuff that's left unsaid, if that makes sense. There's way more left unsaid in Injection. Yeah. Does that I, make sense? I I understand. I think my my if I had a complaint in this is that the story has widened from what happened in issue one. Mm-hmm. If it continues to do that, I would be worried. Yes, if it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and dozens of characters are added, and then no, you have no idea what's happening. Yeah, like I like the cast. I don't want it to get too large, like mm-hmm. cover too like you already. This is doubled. Like, the things that are happening. Like, your plots and subplots. And they're all... I mean, they're all concerning the same central tenet. But I... If, I, it, if there's more, it's going to get harder and harder to track. Uh, As like, it stands, there, there are two characters that look identical. And if as they keep adding characters with black hair and, and similar features, it's going to become increasingly difficult to tell people apart. Yeah. But as of now, as of this issue, I am a buy. I I would suggest it. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be. I think this is going to be a great, great comic book. Yeah. Uh, so double buy, Arcadia number two. Uh, next up, it is a Secret Wars tie-in. We're going to Marvel. It is time for Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows number one. This one, uh, this this tie-in, the Secret Wars, it uh, supposes that uh, with one more day and brand new day, all that garbage that I hated never happened. Mm-hmm. Uh. And Peter Parker married uh, Mary Jane, and they had a, a child. Uh, it's written by Dan Slott, who, who writes the, who wrote the, and 
Amazing Spider-Man is still ha- they're doing point eighteen point issue. Like I, I'm not following what's happening because it's all Humberto Ramos. I'm not really mm-hmm. interested in reading uh, his his art. I'm not looking at looking at his art very much. But Dan Slott is writing this as he wrote the the Superior Spider-Man. He's been writing Spider-Man for a while. Adam Kubert mm-hmm. on pencils, John Dell on inks, Justin Ponzor on colors. Uh, but this is taking place in, I mean, as a part of Battleworld, sort of. Although yeah. it, it doesn't really reference anything outside of this particular part. But it is very much in the mode of classic, or older Spider-Man. Like, Eddie Brock mm-hmm. is still Venom. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's Avengers like is still the... late 80s, early 90s. The classic uh, Avengers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but there's a threat that is stealing powers and um and like absorbing them and he's that the the re- age of he's regent is his name um what do you think about this issue encapsulated it i it's this is going to be a very like it, you know it's a secret wars tie in i assume it's i don't know how much of this i doubt it's going to carry over they really don't I'm, like they really don't like peter parker being married so i don't think it's going to last but what do you think about it well, this is basically a what if story. Yeah. Which you think of all the the great what if stories. It's 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 good, you know. Um, to an extent, it's it's fun to see. I mean, it's it's fun to see the 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 eighties and nineties Marvel universe and all these classic costumes. Um, although and the the Venom costume. Is, is not is, it's is not, not the yeah. classic Venom. It's the more modern Venom, but not mm-hmm. Eddie Brock's Venom. Never looked like that. That was the this is this is the Thunderbolts Matt Gargan Venom mm-hmm. look, which was written I I think Ellis and Diodato designed. I think Diodato probably is the, the 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 artist who I think designed this look of you know this more bulging like scary Venom. Uh. Although I, who knows? Maybe this Peter Parker will carry over. There is, a, I, they have confirmed. I mean, there's a Peter Parker in the teasers mm-hmm. for the all new, all different Spider-Man. I mean, all yep. new, all different Avengers or Marvel or whatever they're doing. There's both Miles Morales and this Spider-Man, so maybe they'll have. Maybe Miles will be the young single Spider-Man, and Peter will be the married Spider-Man. Who knows? I, for what it, like you said, for what it is, it's enjoyable. It's a yeah. like a you know a blast from the past. Uh, it, it, I re- you know Peter old style Peter versus Venom. You know Spider Man versus Venom. You know Venom being a scumbag. I don't like Regent. I don't like this big ultra villain. <laughs> he's a very nineties villain. He, yeah, I think he's very. I think he's very apropos for for this story. He uh, Hulk tries to punch him. He teleports away with Hulk's arm. He's got himself some real Hulk hands now. <laughs> well, just one. Just one. He's got Hulk hand. Yeah. Um. But I, I'm I'm mildly interested. I probably will. I'll probably mm-hmm. keep reading this just because I really did. I really like. I'm a Mary Jane guy. I really like Peter with Mary Jane. I like the idea they're married. I like them having a kid. I like all that. I'm gonna keep buying this. It's it's just it's a big bucket of syrup. It's nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man breaking his hands, punching Venom in the face. Yeah. What does he describe his hands as wet meat sacks or something? It was so disgusting. (laughs) Yep. It's a very, that's a very Spider-Man narration. A very much (laughs) like, I am suffering. Yep. I am, I'm going to keep, I'm struggling, but I'm going to keep going. 
Maybe. I, yeah, I don't. I'm sure it's all set in stone already about Spider-Man looking how mm-hmm. he looks after. But I hope this. Is it too much to hope to ask that they do this in the regular Marvel universe? Probably. I. It's. We're gonna see what happens. We will. They. I mean, they. At the they, at the very least, we we have we have this moment. We do. Uh, Let us cherish it forever. They've released some teasers for what's gonna happen after Secret Wars. Um, mm-hmm. Very vague things. I mean, the big. I think the biggest, the most concrete thing was uh, yesterday. Uh, Bendis and um, why can't you think of the artist? Uh, Bendis is going to be writing Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So, and he says it's Tony Stark. So Tony Stark will be Iron Man with Bendis writing him, which that seems like a fit. I think that's he's a wordy. Bendis is wordy, and I think Tony Stark is wordy. So mm-hmm. that works for me. But we'll see. Uh, they're, they're, they're slowly trickling, like, hints what's gonna happen, but mostly it's just characters. Hey, these guys are still around. Well, no, no kidding. Um, but with that, I, we can jump right over. Right, so that's, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Rails number one, double buy. We're, bo- we're both suckers. Uh, suckers for old, classic Peter Parker. Uh, mm-hmm. the other issue we're doing for Marvel is Secret Wars number three, because how could it not be Secret Wars number three? Oh, uh, yeah. Written, design, Jonathan Hickman. Art, Eastside Ribic. Colors, Ives Corsina. Letters, Chris the Greek Alopolis. Um, we, uh, finally, there, we have Doc Strange, Detective Doc Strange, trying to figure out what's happening, uh, with these lifeboats. Uh, Miles, apparently, uh, I like that Miles Morales snuck aboard the evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the best. Uh, but apparently he had already found, uh, well, Johnny Storm is the sun. Yes, it's just that's crazy. Pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. That's awesome as hell. Uh, we see Doctor Doom's face. Mm-hmm. Dear God. Otto the Handsome. Yeah. Um, and we find that Doctor Strange has had the good guy lifeboat for years. And then we open her up and we get Reed, uh, sad, grizzled Reed Richards, along with, uh, with, with the, the, uh, R, the, the 616, Peter Parker, and Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Star-Lord. Um, I'm really enjoying where this is going. I like... Oh, God, yeah. Uh, it's easy to explain, Reed. He's very, very good at playing God. Mm-hmm. That's, this is like Doom's book. And yes. we're, this is Doom's world, and we're just living in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really, I'm, I, again, we don't know what's happening after. This is very, I really like this. I could uh, pretty much every element of this is sells the book to me. It's I think I could just buy a book of Esad Ribic just drawing Thanos leaning on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks so awesome. <laughs> he does nothing but stand around and look at Thor, and <laughs> he looks so cool. <laughs> it's a very pensive Thanos. Yeah. Oh, man. His surprised faces are so corny. Of course, I've always said that about Isad Ribic. Mm-hmm. That, uh, his, the, his character acting is a little, a little overblown. I, I like it. It's fine, you know? I, it, it, the things that he's doing right completely trump that minor thing about the art for me. I mean, I could watch the man draw Thors and Thanos and Spider-Man all day. Yeah, Thor God of Thunder was just practice for him drawing 40 Thors at a yeah. time in this book. He's uh, throwing it up. Do, his, you think, do you think what he's done, his fingers are going to be Thor? Uh, go jump in a garbage can. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. 
Well, on that topic, uh, a couple, several issues of Seer Wars have been delayed. So I'm sure his fingers are Thor. I, Probably so. I think that's the issue. Um, and that with that, because of Secret Wars having so many things in it, they've had to postpone other issues because they don't want to give away what happens in Secret Wars. Uh, but I'm, it's, I, I, as long as this, this doesn't become Civil War again, where we, you're like waiting three months for the last issue, um, you know, he's a man. He can, he can only do so much. Uh, but I am a buy on this one. This is, uh, uh, this is a, a super good, uh, event. This, I, I don't know. It might, this could be the event that, you know, we remember when we're old men. Maybe so. I remember it now when I'm sort of a moderately old man. You're not an old man. You're young. I got, I got accused of being in my late thirties today. <gasps> oh no. I know. You're not an old man. But double buy. See your wars number three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we're gonna jump over to DC. DC's finally off there. Hey, we moved to LA and now, or moved to the West Coast. And, uh, now we have regular comic books again. Um, this is their DCU. God, their, their promotional department are just not that good. Have you seen those, mm. you've seen those posters flying around? They're in this, they're oh. in these books. If you go to the back page, the mm-hmm. DC, or it's even in the front, I think. Yeah, the Bizarro DCU. Like, I'm fine with the new, I like, I like the new direction they're, like, with some of these books are taking. I do not like their, DC, okay, it doesn't matter. This week for DC, we are doing Midnighter, number one. Um, I'm, <coughs> I'm sure there's a, a page in here that will tell me who wrote this book and who drew it. Oh, it's on page 14. Perfect spot. Uh, written yeah. by Steve Orlando. Uh, pencils by ACO, I guess. Whoever that is. Yeah, ACO with Hugo Petrus on inks. And uh, let's see, Romulo for Fajardo Jr. on colors. Jerry K. Fletcher doing letters. Uh, I've always liked Midnighter. Uh, he is a, you know, he started off in Stormwatch and, uh, in Authority as a kind of a analog parody of Batman. Um, and now he is in the same universe as Batman. He is in the same universe as Batman. Uh, he's, uh, he's a gay guy. Is He is a, he's a very gay man. He is. They, uh, and I, there's, I have a couple misgivings with this issue, but overall I really had a lot of fun with it. I liked it. They, they pull off, um. Uh... What else has Orlando written? Because I think he's really he's really taking what was the the most interesting things about the Ellis Midnighter and pulling it off really well. I think. What else has Orlando done? Mm, let's see. Uh, he wrote uh, he wrote Undertow. Okay, indie book Undertow. Mm-hmm. Written other stuff too, I think. But Undertow is a, a book I looks interesting. I've never read it, but uh, that's the thing that I think the biggest thing he's written. No, but you're 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 definitely right. It it it's really like big and like full of bravado and mm-hmm. stupidity, like you know, dumb action movie stuff. Like you know, him making like I'm you know, you see how I told you I'm fast. Like him dodging bullets and you know stuff yeah. like just crazy fun. Like the, and that's kind of what he is. That's kind of the, the character is. Like you know, I'm my my computer. My brain is a computer. And stuff, just, you know, ridiculous things that are really crazy and, and overblown, but are, they, that's what this kind of what this character is. And I enjoyed it a lot. I, and the, I feel like the violence is a bit too much. Well, I, he's a, a very, like, every, he's a violent character too. Like, I, that mm-hmm. goes, I think that goes hand in hand with all that overblown action movie stuff is like, he is a very violent character. Like, 
so he's, he's he's Steven Seagal in the uh, the DC universe now. A little bit, yeah. A gay Steven Seagal. A gay, uh, yes. I think I do have an issue with him just like planting a thing in some dude's neck without the dude knowing about it at first. All the well, just yeah, doing it without asking him. But whatever. Something about the two of them just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't jive. Well, I I think that's kind of. I, I, I'm guessing they're going to explore that, but I'm having a feeling like that he talks about how his first love was Apollo, which is mm-hmm. a son, a, like Superman, the Superman analog. Yes. And I, you know, when he's having relationships with normal people, I'm, I'm guessing that's going to be a part of it where he's not, I, I'm guessing he's an awkward in conversation with a normal person. And I think that comes across a little bit. So, mm. he, as he's like this big, brave, muscle-bound dude whose brain is a computer and, you know, can win any fight, but I'm guessing that doesn't necessarily prepare for normal social situations. So, or relationships. So, I, I hope that's what that is. That's what I, that's what I think it is. But I, I like the art a lot. It's, it's very kinetic and, and colorful and interesting. Hmm. It works really well for me. I think maybe that's kind of my biggest thing is this artist really struggles with the this the sensual sort of pages they just look really awkward to yeah. me the action he crushes it looks great just the regular old conversational stuff he does a very good job but the sex scene is not sensual at all and i think that's one of my big issues with it yeah he needs to he needs to make it bigger and gayer i agree with you and that I think it'd make the book better. Yeah. I don't know what, how much DC will let them. I guess. I mean, get. I don't necessarily, I don't really, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to see like explicit anal penetration or something. No, I understand. But, but you mean I like, just, it's steamier. just awkward. Steamier. Yes. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Like, like, you remember that book that I showed you that mm-hmm. I'm like, I reluctantly want to get this book and mm-hmm. it was a book of like art from gay manga artists. Mm hmm. But that that felt like it was in the right place, you know. But I, I, I I kind of react to any kind of erotic artwork, and this is this is very not erotic. Yeah, it's a little um, sterile. Yes, a little bit. But I overall, I I like that this book. This character has his own book. I like I like this book. I think it's really interesting. It does set up some central, like a central plot line very quickly and gives you like even new readers about like a basic primer on who midnighter is so i'm a buy i like it absolutely so double buy midnighter number one our last book of the week also from dc is action comics number 41 it's uh written by greg pock art by aaron cooter i know that from memory now where is the page where are the rest of the credits page 10 Story, story, Greg Pak, Eric Cooter, words by Greg Pak, art by Eric Cooter, colors by Tomio Mori, Mori, and Hi-Fi, letters by Steve Wands. Uh, this is seeing Superman, he's been sorted, his, his identity's been revealed. He's sort of like the very early version of Superman. Like the mm. golden, the very early golden age Superman who was really strong, could, couldn't fly. You know, he didn't have heat vision, didn't have a lot of, like, all those ancillary powers. He was just a really strong, he could jump high. Like, the original, like, leap over tall buildings in a single bound thing was about, like, because he couldn't fly, but he could jump really high. 
and stuff like that. And this is – it's a more vulnerable Superman. And he's kind of – now that everyone knows that Clark Kent is Superman, it that, of course, is complicating his life. But now he's he's hungry now, so we see him eating a burrito and enjoying food in a different way. Like he's he's on a motorcycle in like a very like – I'm torn about this book, Eric. Why is that? I don't – like I, I'm – I like – I mean the vul- a vulnerable Superman is interesting inherently. Mm-hmm. Yes, I completely agree. Um, but it's just him putting, buying a Superman shirt and then riding a, like a motorcycle and then. The motorcycle is a bit heavy handed. Yeah. And like the whole police thing. What about the police bothered you? Okay. I understand that I'm all, I, I, I do not want to get too heavy on social commentary in our comic book podcast. But uh, obviously, police brutality and, and and you know is a hot topic right now, and I agree that it's a problem. Uh, I don't want to. We don't need to devolve like go into like a huge discussion about you know militarization of of police and them targeting minorities almost exclusively. I just don't know if I want that in my Superman comic book. It being so like this evil cop, like he's not. Just, it's not like. I think that's probably the problem with it. I think that just fi- – I figured it out. Is that this cop is not like a cop that believes this is for the greater good. Or for It's just like, all right, let's burn a block of people. Like I don't – it's just – it's too villainous. Like I don't – Well, I, I totally understand. He's he's snidely whiplash. Yeah, he's too simple. I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm for Superman confronting this issue in a certain way in a comic book, but – when he's facing a guy that's like, it's that, it's no shades of gray here. It's just like, let's burn down this block of people celebrating Superman. Well, we don't really know enough about this story, but I'll admit at face value, it's very heavy handed. But I, I, I don't know. To me, I am happy to look around it. For the time being, I think it's okay. I think there's enough good in this book that I enjoy it. Yeah. I, and, and I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I really, I, I, Aaron Cooter's heart is really good. Mm. Uh, it's we've like we've read some previous action comics and we've always said that it's a high point. It looks really good. I think uh, he's really good at drawing like terrible monsters. Mm-hmm. And you only get the kind of the one in here. Um, but I'm not necessarily like I I that's I'm a mush, I'm a mushy on this. I'm a buy that I'm mush. I'm like mushy mush meter three on this. And mm-hmm. I'm I will be I'll. Probably will be keep in touch with this book, but I my concern is that it's the just I don't like I don't know it it's a very tenuous a very hard thing to balance I understand about Superman is very bold and big and bright colors, but if it ends with his villainous cop like in on tears on his knees in front of Superman and him like giving a big speech about why people everyone is equal like I, <laughs> it's a little too simple. And I'm I I, I don't want to just suppose that's going to happen. So you're as you're, you are right. I I can't presuppose mm-hmm. the story. But you I, sir are being prejudiced. I I against Superman and villains. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, you're being prejudiced against Act Cop. I I have a question. I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. This we meet a lady cop who's yep. uh, who's friendly. Um, mm-hmm. or no fire department. She's in the fire department. Yes. Okay. I thought she's a cop at first. Um. But her initials are Lee Lambert or, or LL. You know, mm-hmm. there may be some other famous characters in Superman who have LL initials, lady characters. 
are 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 they going to be a couple, Mister Mister Goodnight? Do you see that happening? I uh, I would not have a problem with that. I don't either. I'm just curious if it's going to happen or if that, they're just being funny. They're going to rub their uh, close shaven heads on together. <laughs> it's going to be real romantic with a W. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna buy a mushy mush meter three. I I have some. Hes- I'm hesitating, but I'm I'll give it a couple issues at least, and before I right, I'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a perfectly good baby. I'll go. I I won't go any further than one on this. Okay. Uh, but I I mean I agree with a lot of the things that you're saying. But I I enjoy this book. I would uh, I would recommend it. I I want to. I want an eat your green shirt like Superman's wearing in the first <laughs> of the book. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Wonderful. Um, but yeah, do you, uh, that 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 will do it for our, our 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 core our core reading. Did you read anything else this week, Eric? I wanted to, but I did not get a chance to. Yeah, I'm. I like buying comics. I don't like reading as all of them for some. I'm just. I, sh- I should show you the ever growing stack of books that I'm buying and never get a chance to read. I'm just gonna sit down on it some lazy Saturday and read every single comic book I have. Mm-hmm. You're lying. We're gonna play Heroes of the Storm instead. Probably. You're probably right. But uh, <laughs> I didn't read anything else. But uh, I did buy other things. But I'm not gonna check in with it. I'm not gonna say, "Hey, I bought books." That's that's. I, I do it sometimes. So that'll do it for weekly floppies. Uh, next up, uh, speaking of checking in, it is time for checking in. <laughs> Checking in Spar Show, Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. What we've done, what we've seen, what we've uh, what we recommend, what we don't recommend. Um, what do you want to talk about? You what's uh, let's I you've seen Fury Road. Mm-hmm. We get we need to, let's talk about Fury Road. This is be spoiler heavy, probably at least a little. So if you haven't seen it yet, skip ahead a little bit until we stop until you don't hear the word Furiosa anymore. Yep. Yeah. Well, I you liked it. I know that. I did indeed like it, and I've kind of been thinking about it nonstop ever since I left the theater. It's uh, it's some kind of amazing movie. I mean, wow, let me tell you. I think that, you know, you said that there's so much weird stuff mm-hmm. in the Mad Max universe. I think that the world has caught up to being okay with the weirdness inherent in Mad Max and now we're just like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> They're spraying chrome on their face and she's got a robot arm and I, I don't even I don't even know, man. It's it, it, it's a hell of a movie and it, it really has. It's been stuck in my head. I think I'm, I have not seen movies in the theater lately, and I will probably be going back to see this one. Yeah, I, I cannot stop thinking about it. I have an itch too to see it again, and because I know there's things I missed. Because it's so like I, it's so dense. It's a very mm-hmm. dense movie. There's a lot of stuff, and they don't because there's not a lot of uh, a lot of just like tech like dumps about information. Like you get, it's mm-hmm. very sparse on dialogue, which is, I mean, that's. That's yeah, it's fine. It's good. Honestly, it is. It is showing, not telling. But a lot. Of, you mit, there's a lot of like little details. I'm sure that just went right by me because I was just like enraptured by the 30 cars on screen, all like every single one designed differently to like look have like a very unique function and f- flavor. Like depending on who, like it's crazy. Like every person, like every like they like they talk about how the. The one story that stood out to me, like as I've been reading on about it, is the guitar player, mm-hmm. Doof, Doof Warrior. 
That's his name. That's the character's name is Doof Warrior. Like, I mean, naturally, he's on he's on screen for five minutes. Uh, he's really cool. A lot of people talk about it because the guitar shooting fire and just it's like, but George Miller has an entire backstory for that character, like paragraph on paragraph on paragraph about what happened to him before he's got to that present moment. And I'm I'm guessing, and they they already said they have two more movies in line with this one. He's he wrote it at the same time that he wrote a movie that turned into three because it's so long. Uh, like it, I'm sure if we watch it again, there'll be more to see. It's just it's so like so full of of action and information even like it's not even just like this is a really good action movie because there's a lot of cool like crazy stuff exploding it's that there's meaning behind everything like all the every yes. like the characters have arcs like they all change in ways it's really interesting mm-hmm. the, i think the last time when you checked in with it you said that it was the best action movie i mean i agree with your reasoning just then um uh, but you called it the best action movie in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. I want to call it. I want. It, it's probably the best action movie I've seen since probably Terminator Two, which was an action movie like this one that was actually trying to say something. It was actually trying to provide something of value and not just be like, like here's some people that you're probably a little bit racist against, and I'm going to punch them. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's a good. Yeah, Fear Road's great, guys. I I think everyone listening has probably already seen it, but uh, on the off chance that you haven't, good God, man, what ghost, are you doing? Yeah, it's a great movie. I like. You feel like it, like in the way you like. I keep thinking about it, like it sets your brain on fire because mm, it it's does. so overloaded with stuff. You're just like so much information, and it's 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 well formed. It works. Yeah. Tell me tell me about you you switching over your por- portfolio. Well, I'm I'm working on it uh, as we speak. I think. I haven't quite made up my mind where I'm going to put it, but uh, I basically realized that everything I ever wanted for my portfolio site, I could just build with a Tumblr. So right now, uh, it's live at ericzgoodnight.tumblr.com, but I'm going to figure out a real domain for it and put it there, I guess, where the uh, where it makes the most sense, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you... Uh, I, I don't know where that is yet. I haven't found the right home for it yet, but... Rest assured, it'll be there soon. Uh, did you have any qualms about moving over to Tumblr? You know, we 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 did. Did you see the discussion on it? I don't. You didn't take part in it. I, I looked at it briefly, but I, I don't but, think I right. Did I, I didn't have anything I, I, of, of of material to add. No, and it's fine. You can just pop in and say I have nothing of value to add. By <laughs> I encourage that. Um, no, I was just like recently there was an artist. Uh, in like the New York art scene or something, whatever the, the, this modern, postmodern art scene where this guy paid Instagram for the rights and appropriated images from several prominent Instagram accounts and created prints and sold them for like several of them sold for like $90,000. And, um, it 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 might have even been his intention to make some statement about who owns these things in which case like that's very successful and very interesting but it does sort of make me feel a little bit iffy about like where am i going to put my artwork and i've always been you know mr like own it from like you know own like own, do your own hosting don't use these outside sources but tumblr seems to want to set itself apart 
like Instagram is just like, okay, this is for people to share pictures of sandwiches and selfies, and we don't care about our users. Uh, Tumblr seems to want to be known as like the home for creatives. Like it, like deviant art and things like this are still around, but Tumblr is where, like when I think of like half of the interesting comic book talent that we're following up on now, I learned about that half from Tumblr or Twitter. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. So that, people that, are. You, go you, ahead. I was going to. A specific example is Erica Henderson, who draws, absolutely draws Unbeatable Squirrel. She's like in a recent interview. She's like, she's like, when did your career really start taking off? She's like, oh, I started a Tumblr. Mm-hmm. I would put a thing up every day, you know, just a, a sketch or a random drawing or practice or whatever. And uh, then suddenly, you know, people started noticing me, and I mm-hmm. got started getting more, more, more work. And now, you know, she's working at Marvel. And yep. More and more things. She's drawing the uh, Jughead book. That Chip Zdarsky is going to write, which that is going to be a strange book. But continue. Sorry, I can't. I can't wait to see Jughead eat a squirrel. (laughs) Um, but I I mean, Tumblr—they do try and promote themselves as more a home for creatives. They have some mystery project that they're trying to launch. Something about Tumblr creatives. It's like called Tumblr Creator with creator spelled like Tumblr with vowels missing mm-hmm. um so i just i can't like t- just sort of the way the internet is trending is there's no there's no rss readers anymore no one cares um uh my friend lowell headings who owns and runs howtogeek.com he's like rss is dying he said this a couple years ago but i think it's as good as dead now i mean google has pulled out of google reader Everyone, no one uses any RSS readers. They subscribe to stuff on Twitter, on Facebook, on Tumblr, and, like, that's it. No one looks, I mean, they'll have a feed, but it's not the way that, like, RSS and these things were designed. So, basically, Tumblr owns the feeds. Facebook owns the feeds. Twitter owns the feeds. And it's interesting that that's the way it's shaped up to be. It's just people don't have the space to do more than one thing. So... That's part of my intention is just sort of tap into that, you know. So parking it there and using this as, you know, a new a new face, something a little bit fresher and I don't know, a little hipper. I feel I'm feeling good about it. Have you looked at it? Not yet. Why don't you? Because I've been recording podcasts all day. Even though I would say you're, you're, I would disclose this is not safe for work. Eric put all his dirty drawings on here too. Don't uh, don't look at it in front of uh, a bus full of nuns and your mom. Or your probably your boss is probably not a good idea either. Eh. Uh it's it's there's a, a, a large header with looks like a a, a close up sketch of something Mister Goodnight is drawing with uh, it says portfolio of a madman artist printer blogger podcaster and proud Hogwarts alum and then there's a, a you know we get a, a, a I don't know what size they're like little squares. Mm-hmm. Array is a, in a, a fashion of many different drawings that Erica has done, where you can go to them and you know like them and reblog them. Even you don't even have to go to them; you just click the, a button pops up. You just click reblog. Yeah, it's you pretty can, slick. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm uh, I'm really quite pleased with it. Yeah, it looks uh, it's a simple but it's effective. Mm-hmm. And there's a sidebar too if you look at the little, ah, little menu. What's it in the ah, corner? Ah, that's nice. I like it. I didn't even realize. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> so guess what? Chicken butt? Yes. Okay. Guess what else? I don't know. Um, I have nerdy stuff to check in with other than that. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) 
I have a really great piece of software that I'm using. Currently, I'm using it to uh, sync my uh, my artwork. I'm making a using it to make a backup copy. Uh, it's called Sync Thing. The uh, the program is, and I was able to install it pretty easily on uh, both my Linux box and on my Windows machine. Okay. There's a very easy to download Windows binary. Um, and there is a uh, there's a repository for your for for you Linux nerds. Nice simple directions. You just add your keys and just do an apt update, and it'll work on any of your Debian systems. It's really rad. And you just run it, and it uh, when the when the little when the little demon runs, it uh, you know you can set things up in your web browser. You can uh, link folders and authorize like all different machines. You know you just set it up on both machines and. It's great. It just uploads. You don't have to do a whole bunch of messing around. Like if you want to sync outside of your house, you might have to open up some ports or something. But man, I just I was shocked at how easy it was. But it's it's lovely. I have had zero issues. It was I mean, it took me maybe twenty minutes to set it up on both machines and get the hang of it. It's really not complicated at all. I think I know if you search for sync thing, S Y N C thing. You can find it, but I think it's just sync, syncthing.com. Let me double check that. Looks like it's syncthing.net. It's weird that syncthing.com was taken. Looks like there's also an, uh, an Android app for it, which is pretty neat. But it's cool. I'm building my own little cloud. I have yeah. one thing that we, I, one remaining thing to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a heavy conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think I have a problem. I, I think we all do. Uh, my problem that I have recently acquired is Heroes of the Storm. I know, isn't it? So, it's so bad. Eric has you. You. I was getting out. You've pulled me back in. It's my fault. And now, now my poor brother is also pulled back in. And now Matt is just like Matt's like a heroin addict that st- started doing coke. Also, so he's 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 already elbow deep into wow. This is just something to take his mind off of wow. And he. When I was talking to Matt earlier, he's like, I'll get Melissa to start, and then she can play with us, too. We're going to get the gang all together. It's going to be good. Yes. Uh, Eric has checked in with Heroes of the Storm in the past couple uh, a couple times. He's checked on with it. He, he was playing the beta, yep. and it has recently yep. launched uh, live. Uh, they it, Heroes of the Storm is Blizzard's uh, uh, MOBA. If, yeah, it's Blizzard's answer to the MOBA. Yeah, answer to legal, League of Legends and Dota 2 are the, the two big ones, and now Heroes of the Storm looks like it will be... Become the third. I, I, they're they're el- Blizzard's elbowing their way in into this territory, and they and they're. I think there a lot of there's a lot of companies that DC's uh, had a MOBA of their own. I, I guess published through Warner Brothers, but it recently closed. Uh, Blizzard seems like the kind of company that can make this last and become a third competitor in this in this genre. Um, MOBA is it, it's it's inspired by kind of RTS gameplay, but you're just a guy. You're one hero, and you level up throughout a game, and it's it has its own distinct kind of strategy and thought process. Uh, Eric's discussed it at length. Mm. Uh, Blizzard's uh, I, the only the big difference I think in the reason I started playing it is because I was always really interested in that kind of gameplay and strategy and deep kind of dive you can go into and on these on these types of games. But League of Legends and, and Dota Two are seeming like they're so like hard to get into it seems like they're like designed to be difficult to start playing and blizzard has done a done a really great job in like making it simple to get into and you know it's all characters from their games and i'm hooked 
and like it's kind of insidious at a certain level because like I can see the thought press like I can see oh that is designed to get me to come play every single day yes it is and this is designed to make me want to like do and get like I need to I need to play every character I need to level them all up to this level I need to play this every day and but I and how much money do I want to spend on this do I want that as Eric has described, a, a very beautiful hat for my free character that costs fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And despite all that, I still like I the mechanics. Like the gameplay is really interesting. Blizzard is incredibly talented at making truly excellent games. I mean, they've been making some of the best games in the world. I don't know, twenty years? How long? Uh yeah, it's Diablo. Diablo. War, I mean, Warcraft. Nineteen ninety-six. To... Almost, uh, almost, almost twenty years. I'm sure I was playing a, a, a Blizzard game in nineteen ninety-six. Yeah, I mean, Lost Vikings. If that's they're, they're, who are in Heroes of the Storm, Lost Vikings came out long time, long, long, long time ago. So that's over twenty years. Um, it's like I've been thinking about this and how, like, I how I talked about how I really was enjoying Witcher three. Mm-hmm. And I stopped playing it for now. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back to it at a certain point. Um, but as much as the story and real and like all that stuff's really interesting, the gameplay itself isn't necessarily new or interesting. Like it's very much like a standard RPG where you you hit your I hit a hit a guy with a sword for a while. He dies. Eventually, you get XP and you level up. Uh, and you like, hey, this thing's slightly more powerful now. Like, but just how these mobas play is a completely new thing to me. And I don't know. I have it's, a, it's I have a, a, a problem. Yeah. It's a sickness. I need to I I'm trying to temper it a little bit, but it's a lot of fun. It's a fun game mm. to play. I'm not worrying about it. Is. I'm not worrying about it too much right now. There'll come a day. <laughs> There'll be a reckoning. A reckoning. Okay. So uh, that's I think that's enough. We we have checked in for a while. We have. Um with that over, we can go to our final segment of the show and it's time for nerd boy book club where's that sound i need the sound oh there it is the mm-hmm. uh, Ner- book club is part show where eric and i will sign a longer collected work and uh discuss it in depth like you would a book club you know except it's comic mm-hmm. uh this week we are doing planet hulk uh greg pock uh very sorry it's carlos pagalayan um let's see oh, there's a list here so i had a list and then i lost it lost your list lost my list but there's a, a lot of assorted artists. There's, you know, there's it's the twelve issue arc, so that they went through a, a lot of a lot of different artists. Let me, I can give you a quick list. Uh, let's see: Carlos Pagalan, Aaron Lopresti, Juan Santa Cruz, Gary Frank, and uh, Takeshi Miyazawa. It's, I'm sure there's others I'm missing, but those are that's mm-hmm. the, the big names on the list. Um, we we're kind of covering this because they, they're doing a, a sort of there's a, a book called Planet Hulk on Secret Wars right going right now even though it's very I mean it's it has the Hulk in it I think that's the main and it's kind of a wasteland type situation but other than that it's not necessarily the like a super it's, it's indirectly tied in but I it, it's as good a time as any to revisit it is an event big event in, involving the Hulk probably the best event involving the Hulk honestly yeah it's it's pretty good pretty on up there um. It's, you had related it last week as kind of as a uh, Incredible Hulk meets Conan the Barbarian. It's very much the Conan the Barbarian story of you know slave becomes gladiator, gladiator becomes warrior, warrior becomes rebel, rebel becomes king. Yeah, and it it is it is that exact arc. That's that's the Conan story, and 
I kind of want to talk about it on a couple of different levels. Okay. Because I think you can look at it. You can look at it simply as that. You know, mm-hmm. it's a fun comic about guys hitting each other with swords. It solves the problem of this. Here's this weird muscle guy that can kill everything and is not interesting. And how do we put him in an interesting place where he doesn't fit in with any of these other stories? Right. Well, this is a natural fit for that. You know, you you put him in Conan the Barbarian world and you put aliens in there and, you know, it's fun. But it it's... I, it it kind of turns my stomach a little bit that one of the most interesting characters, uh, what's what is her name? I just saw her. Uh, she's they're calling her Lieutenant here, but I can't find her first name. She goes by old. Her last name is Old Strong. What something her, his, Old Strong? His love interest. The his nemesis and then love interest. I think that, and I it was always the intention, you know, because they wanted to follow it up with World War Hulk. Yeah. Which we've already also read. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's as good as this. No, it's not. It's not. Um, but it takes all the stuff that's fun and interesting about this and just makes it, it's the woman in the refrigerator story. It's just an excuse for, like, bullshit, like, righteous indignation. I, I don't know. It's, it's absurd. I mean, what? of course, on one hand, what do you expect? It's comic book continuity, and it's going to go back to that. But I don't know. It, it's it's just incredibly frustrating. It's like, here's this cool, fun thing that you would have never expected, and now we're going to just take it away from you and give you something really hackneyed in its place. Yeah. It's probably the... the I, it, like, out of context, this book's really, really good. Mm-hmm. But, the, I, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it is an event comic book. Mm-hmm. And... It when you place it in the context of Marvel Universe as a whole and kind of the unavoidable kind of presence of editorial, like you can when you look at how yeah. Civil War, like like how it's all structured, like how obviously like this was set. So yeah, this is going on during Civil War, and then after Civil War he comes back and now he's really angry and you know and he's super angry obviously because you know he thinks that they're responsible for. You know that he's happy finally, and he's a place where he belongs. And suddenly, that's all destroyed by this mm-hmm. by what he believes are you know Iron Man and and Mister Fantastic and all and all the Illuminati. Um, and you know, as a story, it's not it's 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 a, it's a very a very you know it it's fun and interesting and 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 works really well and makes sense for the Hulk as a character. But when you go, oh well, I'm, this is just. This is just to get him from here to here. Like when that editorial presence is so clear, it's hard to separate from mm-hmm. the story itself. And I try not to think about it. Like when I'm weighing the, like, cause it's not Greg Pak's fault yeah. that he had to get the Hulk back to Earth and he was supposed to be in, you know, he's supposed to have this World War Hulk story happen. Uh, and you know, if he's perfectly happy, he's not going to go back to Earth. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You make him angry at the people on Earth, so he'll go back. Yep. Um, and that, and you're right. That character is very interesting. Um, and I, and I, frankly, you could have done a lot with her mm. in her own story. Like you could have done a whole book about her, like her story, Which... like her story leading up to becoming a, you know, the the a bodyguard of the emperor mm-hmm. soldier. 
I would I would definitely love to see more. But I mean, when you when you th- I, I don't know I, we've I've talked about how much I like She Hulk and I like when there are characters like this that uh, you know that 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 she goes toe to toe with the Hulk. That's that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, and, and I I I think they do kind of even dumb it down at the end with her becoming a love interest, even though it's a natural fit. I just feel like it's a little it's a little too obvious and saccharine yeah. for a character that I thought was clever and interesting at the beginning. Yeah, it's... I think it had to be. Because for most of the story, the Hulk is a dick. Mm-hmm. And and like, and you know why? Like, you understand why he's being an asshole to everybody. It's because he's been betrayed. Or what he thinks he's been yes. betrayed, at least. By his... What he calls his friends. I mean, he's... He, by... Like, the nature of the Hulk is, like... The basis of that entire the TV show was the fact that he couldn't stay in one place for any length of time. He was a loner. He was by himself, and that I mean that and that came from those. I mean, the Hulk all the time. He had only had one friend, and then suddenly, oh, he has a member of the Avengers, and he has all these friends who are trying to you know, you know, take care of him. And suddenly, he finds out that they betrayed him to, to, to quote unquote take care of him. And I like he finds himself this planet and a, a miserable place like you know he's suddenly a gladiator mm-hmm. um but i think they had like that i think that transition is necessary you have to make him more as he's and make him warm up a little bit uh, and like that's i mean all that's part of it like yeah well i think to an extent our our feelings for the world and the characters we're warming up to this world and these characters as the hulk does yeah you know we we have we have no understanding of them and we have no reason to like any of them until we've spent some time experiencing them through the Hulk's eyes. Yeah. And frankly, I think that's part the part of the problem is that it just does that happens faster than it probably should have. Like, Mm -hmm. in like you get a lot of him as a gladiator, you get a lot of him as a rebel. And then suddenly in two issues, he's King and married and she's pregnant. Like it happens. That happens very fast. Like he's very like the good King yeah. Hulk is like the last the last issue of Planet Hulk basically. Mm-hmm. He's like I'm a builder now and all that. Like it just happens very quickly at the end where you could spend. They could this could have happened for they could have had him being the king with his queen and mm-hmm. them dealing with stuff for a long time. He, he yep. could stay off Earth forever. For the I mean, mm-hmm. there's plenty and co- they're really focusing on Cosmic Marvel now, so. He could easily be out there, you know, palling around with Guard- Guardians of the Galaxy could show up one week. You know, they could have – and, like, Thor show up. You know, like, could have those Silver Surfer, you know, all that, like, Silver Surfer's in this. And, like, they could have done that. But, like, that – the fact that it's set within here is two points in time, and that is how long the story can last. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the ma- – like, I, I think that's the where all the issues stem from. But I – I think Greg Pak has a very good handle on writing the Hulk. I, he's he, 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 if anyone does, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I never really in my mind. I he's he, in my mind. Uh, I'm sure in many people's minds, he's a top tier writer. But he doesn't he doesn't stand out to me. But whenever I read something by him, I thoroughly enjoy it. So I don't know what it says about me that. Uh, that he's not in my upper echelon. Where does he? Where does he rank among uh, among your stars in the sky? Well, I think it's just I'm. He's never written anything that I'm like. It's one of my favorite comics. Mm-hmm. But he's very good at 
writing comic books. And I think that's what yeah. comes across is that he's a skilled writer. I don't, and I'm, some people probably think that his, some of his comics are their favorite. And I think it's just the way his, what he writes about and where he takes characters is not maybe to my aesthetic tastes, but on a, on an objective level, he is skilled at writing comics and he can, the fact that he is writing Superman, he wrote the Hulk, he wrote, I, his his Hercules run, we should read that, Eric. I think that's the my favorite thing he's written is the Amadeus Cho in Hercules. That sounds story. Pretty, pretty sweet. That's is it's that all, where Amadeus it, Cho was? Where, yeah. where was Amadeus Cho introduced? Yeah, he invented basically invented Amadeus. I know he Cho. did, but yeah. he did I, that I, incre- in incredible every, Hercules. It's incredible Hercules. That's where he is. Put. That that's where he was introduced. Yeah, then? basically. Yeah. Okay. I'm and, totally into that. And, I I could get into it. Yeah, that I that's my favorite thing. It's very much a buddy com buddy comedy kind of story. So which which one of them's Chris Farley? Uh, Hercules. Okay. Does he does he wear a little coat? Uh, no, he doesn't wear very many clothes at all. Okay. He's Hercules. Ooh, this is probably my gayest episode of Handsome Boys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's up there. <laughs> I did uh, I I did say that Midnighter needed to be gayer. Yeah, that's true. You now did say that. We're reading a book about sweaty green guys. Well, only one of them is mostly. Mostly, I think one is green, and then the rest are different colors. What do you think about the uh, the, the supporting cast? I think he manages to create a bunch of interesting characters. You know, I uh, about like the Warbound in particular. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that is who I mean. All the ones that die. Who cares about them? Um, but they're. They're a fun. They're a fun bunch. Honestly, I think he does a good job of uh, making enough of them that are interesting and distinct enough. The one guy is—he's like, ah, oh God, you don't know who either Pikahan or Piccolo are. I know the name Piccolo. Well, if the thing is Piccolo, this rock guy is Pikahan. Oh, okay. Pikahan is like a different version of Piccolo yeah. and Dragon yeah. Ball. To, to be. To be fair, like mm. to that that rock guy, he has existed. Mm-hmm. Like that that flashback he has about running that's into a real that happened. That's real from continuity in in, in like into in a nineteen sixties journey into mystery. Nice Thor ran into these rock guys, and that's that and that that's an actual story. So that they pulled that as a deep cut for for him. He wasn't he's an actual character from nice. old old Marvel continuity. But I think the thing had existed then too. So I'm not. It's you know. He, it, uh, there's only so many kind of myth, mythical kind of archetypes. So having him made out of, like, that's it. I, I like him. I like the, there's all these, you have, like, and I like that it's like a lot of, you have a brood care, like a brood that is now just the only brood left. Mm-hmm. And like, you have like all these different interesting, like slices from Marvel it's cosmics, you know, there's silver savages in there. Like it is rewarding to like that the thing about the continuity with the rock guy like that I think it's a lot of fun. There's Greg Park included a lot of like like very nerdy things from Marvel history. That was there a sil- there was a Silver Savage somewhere else. No, that but I mean like having Silver Surfer just show up on this planet. Mm. I think that's it, it, interesting. I definitely did enjoy watching Silver Surfer and the Hulk beat each other's ass. It was pretty great. And using that giant surfboard as a shield, that's just so silly and wonderful. Yeah, it really, I, I think that uh, the one of the best things about this book is that it's not afraid to be Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Like, it's full on, like, let's go pulp crazy and just have, like, 
crazy stuff. Let's go full on stereotypes and just make them crazier. Mm-hmm. And make it full of Marvel stuff, but still embody like that pulp adventure, swords, swords and sandals, you know, adventure. It's also very John Carter of Mars. Yes, as well. For sure. Not that that wasn't like very obvious, but yeah. I think we had to say John Carter at least once. Well, we got our we got the quota. Yep. The villain's ridiculous. He is. But I don't he doesn't bother me cuz I I think it's because it's such a uh such a like ridiculous over the top kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Your villain can just be like, "Well, I'm the best and I don't care about everything." Like, I, yeah, "Oh, yeah. I killed I killed I killed something." Well, they're I didn't even think about them. They're beneath me. Mm-hmm. That kind of arrogance. Uh, it works. <laughs> it makes me think of this old uh, this old Conan story. I'll have to find it to you and show it to you. And maybe I've told you about it, that uh, Conan is, like, just listening to this villain talk, and he's like, I am the super strangler. I was, I was born in a pit of strangling things, and then I strangled my parents, and then I was strangling people. And, uh, but it's just like he tells this ridiculous story about how he's been being trained to strangle people to death for his whole life, ever since he was, like, a child, and then Conan strangles him to death. <laughs> it's it's so preposterous, but that's, I don't know, that, that that's what that makes me think of, the villain in this, is, like, I, they're just excuses for ideas, and, like, you just, there's no depth of that villain, but does there need to be? Like, this could easily be very, very weak, but for some reason, you just sort of let it off the hook. You don't care that there's no motivation for this whiny emperor guy to be whiny emperor guy and basically want to kill everyone in the universe. Yeah, it's You're just like yeah. It's it comes back to kind of like uh, I, I've mentioned this before, but uh, Garth Ennis's take on Punisher. Mm-hmm. He's just is like, okay, Punisher is uh, a force of nature. How do we make him interesting? Well, we give him mm-hmm. pe- we give him people that are reprehensible to kill. Yep, and they're like, okay, how do we? we let's give the Hulk and someone he, uh, someone we don't mind if Hulk just punches him as hard as he can over and over and over. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, I'd say you hit that right on the head. Yeah, I. Wh- are you a what other Hulk? Have you did you ever read a lot of Hulk books, Eric? Or no, no. Okay, no. I wanted to read the um, Loeb and Sale uh, Hulk Gray. That's really good. I'm sure it is. I mean, it's Loeb and Sale. Uh, it's one of the better things they've done, uh, uh, apparently. It's my favorite thing that Jeff Loeb has written. Really? Yes, not even close. It's the wow, my favorite. Wow, I didn't, I didn't, I did not even know you had read it. Yes, it's it's uh, my the by far my favorite thing that Jeff Loeb has ever written. Uh, Tim Sale's art is unbelievable as usual, but uh, it it that's probably what carries. I mean, his the writing's good, but the art is so, it's beautiful, so great. Um. That that is a, it's a very good if you someone who just is never like everyone knows the Hulk now because of Avengers but uh like that's a very good Hulk sort of an origin story like they they did three they did the Daredevil yellow they did Spider Man blue and then they did Hulk gray all of them sort of early stories for those characters like they're like year one stories kind of mm. and uh that's a that I that's it's it's a great story uh, I've I read a lot I I enjoyed Hulk I like. I I like the Peter David Hulk stuff from the 90s where it really 
we jumped into the idea that he had multiple personalities and the Hulk is just one of them. And there's all these versions of the Hulk that are all different personalities. I think that was mm-hmm. a very interesting take on it. I love, uh, I, I like the idea of the maestro and, you know, that, that, that the Hulk eventually becomes a dystopian dictator, um, which that is another crossover in Secret Wars, Future Imperfect, where the maestro is in charge. Um, but I, this is a, a good place. For, I like the fact that he's not dumb Hulk. Yes. I, I I don't like Dumb Hulk very much. I don't care for him either. I, I understand why it's there, but I much more prefer, like, I that's be- and Peter David's the first one that really made, hey, look, it's Hulk, but he's smart. And the way that he made that possible by also, by making him vulnerable in other ways, like, that's all oh, that's really interesting. I like the fact that the Hulk's, the Hulk took over for Banner in this world because Banner could not survive this world. And Banner kind of just, and we don't, and you don't see any, much of any kind of conflict between the two in this story, which is a hallmark of the Hulk in general. Mm -hmm. It's like him and Banner fighting it out. They don't like each other necessarily. They get along at times just because they have to. Um, I, and I think that's, I wish, I think that could have been explored further on in the story if it kept going, you know, if it had stayed on planet and it hadn't exploded and all that. Um, where Banner fits in, you know, like we see Banner very a, a, only a little when like he transforms so that uh, the uh, was it Kara? I don't remember it either, and I can't find it. I'll find it. Yeah, I can't even pronounce that. Kyra. Yeah, Kyra, Kara, some it's something like that. Kyra. Yeah, if she doesn't die, but I think that's I and like you said, uh, it's. I do you I think the other I think the only other point of criticism I would have is like the art is all very good um but you know it's not one artist do you, is that any kind of problem for you It's not really of wildly varying quality or styles Yeah I just some of them handle the characters better than others some of it's a little clunkier than others By and large it's uh I don't really have a problem with it you know they they do a pretty good job and it it it's tied together pretty well. I wonder how many colorists they had on this because I think more than anything that keeps it ve- looking very consistent. It's got a lot of uh, thematically a lot of the same colors. It makes it feel very well tied together. Uh, only one. That's that. I think that is. I think. That's I think what, that's that what does Wiki- more for it than anything. That's what Wikipedia lists. Chris Sotomayor as the colorist. Mm. I don't know. They only list they only list a couple pencilers though, so I don't know if that's necessarily true. But I at least that's what it that's what it says. Well, it. I think with a, if they had been rotating out colorists with the pencilers and inkers, this book would feel completely disjointed. The fact that he's able to tie it all together. I think is, uh, it, it says a lot for that ability. I think that is, honestly, that's, for me, it's what's doing the most to keep it consistent. Cause I don't walk away from this, this thinking of wildly varied, uh, art. No, it, 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 I, I, it doesn't stand out that much, but Mm-mm. it, it, the most, cause all the artists are generally are, uh, relatively the same style and and quality they're both and that's all good i'm not certainly not complaining about it it's very uh it it certainly embodies the 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 thematically like embodies that sword and sandals the conan the john carter that pulpy kind of big 
muscly, crazy action, violent spears. Mm-hmm. You know, just it has all that in it. So, why isn't there still a Planet Hulk? I think that's the only question. Why did it? Why did the? Why did Hulk ever leave? He should just stayed. I know this could have easily gone on for years, and I would have continued to enjoy it. I would have not had even a small problem with that. They keep struggling to find things to do. Uh, they keep they they struggle to find interesting things to do with the Hulk. M- most recently, it's Doc Green, mm-hmm. which I I don't have a problem with, but they keep doing weird things. Yeah, they I don't know. I was not aware that Maestro was a version of the Hulk. He is I, again. I don't know how it's going to shake up. Or how it's shaken up, like, but he is Bruce Banner. He's our Hulk. Mm-hmm. That that's the whole thing about the Maestro is that he is he is our the six one six Hulk in the future. In after bombs drop, he has gone crazy, kind of villainous, and taken over everything. Right. Yeah. That's and that's the thing. Like that's the I he's Bruce Banner is traveling into the future to reckon with himself, which is the Hulk's thing, like reckoning with his own kind of destructive power, and that's just him doing it literally. With a future version of himself, which is, I, I thought that's very fun and clever. Unfortunately, there's I, a lot of comics have taken that kind of same kind of like, hey, let's have a the, that same kind of dystopic wasteland and a evil, you know, a, a, an evil villain with a collection of heroes costume stuff and just done the same thing thing and without that thematic kind of undertones. I do have I have something stuck in my craw. Uh oh. You might have to go down a journey with me. Okay. Because I kind of wonder about your thoughts of this. If it's, if it's, if it just comes out a bunch of nonsense, you can just cut it all. Okay. But I, I have a feeling that you'll have some thoughts on this. Okay. That I think that a lot of what works when you do, you know, uh, your, your classic masculine superheroes, your Superman, your Captain America, What's interesting about them is not that they're big muscle dude and they're going to punch everyone in the face. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, it's their depth of character and the fact that they're willing to, they're, they're willing to either, like in Superman's case, he's, you know, the, the classic Superman story is he outsmarts everyone. You know, he wins with his brain mm-hmm. and a lot of themes with, with, um, with Captain America is, you know, he wrestles with things that are kind of contrary to his ideology. You know, that's what Captain America has become, that he's this person of immense character. And like the story is, uh, you know, it's, it's often about him trying to do right or him trying to lead people in the right direction. You know, he follows his sense of morality. Same with Superman. Um, I feel like I get a little bit of that in this story. But I don't know, I don't feel like it's something that you see a lot in, in the Hulk. That he is just sort of, the masculine ideal is like, you know, angry punching. Um, do, you, do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? It's, yeah, it's an interesting place for him to go. I think that you do, you should, I, I would suggest you go back and check out some of Peter David's run. Because mm-hmm. that does, he kind of, when he becomes the scientist Hulk, when he becomes yeah. Hulk with Hulk with glasses, that's mm-hmm. like the if you look back, I mean, when he's Bruce Banner's mind in Hulk's body, yes, like that's it's interesting because the his his flaw, his vulnerability in that is that he can turn human, but he has the mind of the Hulk. 
Yeah. As a human. And, you know, obviously, if you're Mind of the Hulk, but a human, you're just going to get arrested. <laughs> by, you know, some cops are going <laughs> to... Nothing's going to happen. You're, you'll go crazy somewhere. Uh, you'll hit a guy, and then you'll get arrested. Um, and that it kind of covers that a little bit. Um, I don't... But I think you're right in that I think it, that is a very untapped area. Yeah. I think that it if seems... someone wanted to do a... You'd have to, I mean, I'd do a long... It'd have to be kind of a little disconnected from continuity, too. Because that's the issue now is that the Hulk is like it's I think it's still remarkable that Hawkeye while he's in these Avengers movies, they let Fraction just do that crazy book where Hawkeye just drinks coffee and talks to his dog. Like yeah. and the thing is the Hulk's in the Avengers movies and he's always gonna be in these Avengers books in some way. A Doc Green's the one now, but you know, and Doc Green's an interesting take on it. Um I, 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 I like Doc Green. But do you know what the Hulk really feels like? And you were talking about it earlier. That it's like it's making this statement about like a man and his inner demons, mm-hmm. you know. Which I, I think I think many of us can identify with that. But it's still it still just ends up most of the time being a book about a loud green guy punching shit. Well, I th- the, the that's the problem is separating the wheat from the chaff, and that and that you know that. Mm-hmm. There's there's good stories out uh, of the Hulk about him struggling with who he is and what he is, but there's also a bunch of Hulk books. Like I think you can see, I mean, th- that I think this is a strange Hulk book, honestly, because Banner's hardly in it, and Banner and Hulk are kind of that they're in two sides of the same coin kind of thing, and like that they, they've gotten away from that uh, until recently again, but now Banner's not. He'll be, I mean, they're going to have Bruce Banner be Bruce Banner again eventually, but, you know, that's kind of the thing. Like, it would take a, someone to do something like what Fraction did with Hawkeye, where you take a Hulk book and be not afraid to not include a lot of punching. I think, and that's the problem. Like, most people, when they read a Hulk book, that's what they want to get when they get a Hulk book. Like, Hulk becomes Hulk and punches stuff. Yeah. But, well, I, 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 there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Yeah. So... Who would you recommend this book to, Eric? Mm. Well, it's 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 the best Hulk story I can think of. It's a good one. I haven't read the aforementioned uh, Hulk Gray. It's uh, Gray's better than this. I, no, I, and no I, offense. I would not. No offense to this book, but I Gray is a very it's it's a very good comic book. It's but it it benefits from not having to be tied to continuity. Mm-hmm. They can just tell their little story and it be out. This had to go work into World War Hulk and getting Hulk back to Earth and all that. So, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So to Hulk, anyone who wants to get into Hulk, I mean, for sure. If uh, if you're curious about the character, I mean, it's it it shows more to his character than a lot of stories to where he's just like big dummy or where he's some weird experiment that they were trying. You know, he's not even, you know, even if he's not even Doc Green's not, he's not weird 90s Hulk where everyone carried a big gun. Why did they do that? Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, it's a good solid book. And if people need a good entry point to Hulk, if, particularly if like, if you like Marvel at all and you like Conan stories, it's a good book for that. For those for those peeps, of course, that's kind of obvious. Yeah, I would. I echo your sentiments. 
If you're if you haven't read any Hulk comics, this is a good place to start. It's pretty self-contained. Like you don't really have to read anything else to get to it. You can understand everything that happens in it as long as you know what the Hulk. Hey, it's the Hulk. I know the Hulk from Avengers or whatever. That makes sense. It's the Hulk, and then he's on. He's doing. You know, he's, there's a lot of fighting. It's very interesting. Um, it's definitely I, I for people who don't want to have to be caught up in continuity all the time to read a story. This is a good one. Um, but yeah, people who like that pulpy stuff who don't necessarily read superhero comics, yeah, as well. Yeah, but all that. I think I'll wrap us up. I feel wrapped. Okay. Next week, guys, we're doing Old Man Logan by Mark Millar, um, Steve McNiven. Uh, who also, there is also a tie-in for Secret Wars, Old Man Logan. And apparently from the teaser release, Old Man Logan's going to, that Logan is going to be in the Marvel Universe post-Secret Wars. Mm-mm. But That's kind of wacky. I, it, they have what looks like X-23 in his old costume. She'll be Wolverine, supposedly, and Old Man Logan as Logan. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I think it's 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 a good, uh, appropriate we have a couple Marvel tie-in events to talk about in a, in a row. Uh, but that will do it for the show. Uh, we are Hands Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsboyscomicshour.com. Find everything there. Links to all our stuff, all our social media. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour, Twitter, at HBC Hour. And uh, please, if you like the show, rate and be subscribed to us. Uh, you know, give us a five stars or whatever on iTunes. It really helps us out. Uh, those... Those algorithms, I hit some Arnold, algorithms really really help uh, people find, you know, new people find the show. So please help. Help that way if you can. Please help us algorithm. Help us algorithm. Uh, you can also email us, handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Reach out, reach out to us in any of those places. If you have a question, suggestion, anything you'd like us to read, we'll probably read it. We like to try new things. We're adventurous. You know, we never checked in with Izzy's question. We can do it next week. Yeah, we can. We're thinking about you, Izzy. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MixMasterCereal. It's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? Oh, many places now. <laughs> you can see my aforementioned new portfolio uh, at ericzgoodnight.tumblr.com. Not sure where it's going to end up, but... Uh, for the time being, you can see my old portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and see uh, most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. And you can tweet at me. Twitter handle is at MrBadExample, spelled M-R-BadExample. So with that, folks, we can call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.